Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you get kicked out of a house, does that justify taking some revenge? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, we're picking all the grapes. My parents rent a house on a quarter acre of land. The land with rows of grapes is not being rented to my parents, but the landlords let us pick them and juice them every year. The only access to the grapes is through the land my parents rent. Before my parents moved in, this old lady Maureen used to pick the grapes with her family and juice them. As a side note, Maureen has her own grapes, but she liked to use our landlord's grapes too because previous tenants did not. Every freaking year, it's a battle to make Maureen wait to pick grapes so we can pick a share. The landlord's been clear that we get first dibs on the grapes because we're his actual tenants. We always leave her at least a row, one of four. Every year, she tries to be a sneaky little witch and get the grapes. But this year was the worst. My mom told Maureen that she was going to pick the grapes this weekend. Well, this weekend came and went without being able to pick grapes. My mom's helper crew got sick. My dad was recovering from major surgery, and she couldn't find the time or energy. Maureen's crotchety old butt calls to inform my mom that she's coming tomorrow to pick all the grapes that we didn't. My mom asked her to please wait a few more days as her husband, my dad, has cancer and the helpers were sick. Maureen's response was, that's too bad, you had your chance. My family's coming tomorrow and we're picking the grapes. Of course, my poor mom loses it at this point and begins screaming, shame on you Maureen, you call yourself a Christian. Maureen continues telling her she had her chance. So my mom came in and told me this story. I said, absolutely freaking not. We're staying up as late as needed to pick every single grape off the vines. Every single one. We both called as many friends as we could. The troops are being gathered. We now have about 10 people to help us pick the grapes. We will pick every single grape so that when stupid Maureen and her stupid family show up, there will not be one little fruit left on the vine. All nighter for the grapes. I know for a fact that if I knew these people and I got told this story about how Maureen is trying to go and take all of them, I would definitely get my grape picking outfit on. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, Guy potentially ruined his life for telling me to end myself. I'm not entirely sure how correct this story is for this subreddit, but it might fit. I work for an IT company that does tech support. We receive calls for help. We try to help. This guy called us asking for help to remove a piece of software that required administrator rights. Pretty standard, nothing special. However, the computer he was requesting help with was his own personal computer. Obviously, we don't have any access or control over random people's computers. I have zero way I can help him without the admin account and he says he doesn't know the account. The software was some kind of parental management software that restricts him from doing things. This guy's in his early 20s. I know this because we can see the details of the people that call us on our system. So, kind of hilarious, he has the software installed. Anyway, after I tell him that I can't help him, 
he ends up telling me that I work for a trash company and that I should end myself. I don't even respond, and he hangs up the phone. Now, obviously the calls are recorded, and I'm not just going to ignore what just happened. I tell the manager the story. He listens to the phone call. My manager then calls the liaison for the company he called from. They find out that this guy is an intern at the company. He now no longer works for the company. During the call, they decided to get the CEO on the phone and tell them what happened. Shortly after that call, the CEO lets us know that he called the university that the guy is currently going to. The university's now dropped him from all of his classes. This guy's now lost his intern job and lost his placement in university, all because he told me to end myself on the phone. Does anybody else always find this behavior confusing? Like, I've I've been angry with customer support on the phone or whatever IT maybe, but I've never been angry enough to tell any other person to end themselves like that. People who do this or say these kinds of things have to have some kind of like legitimate anger issue, right? Our next story is how I got revenge on my ex-boyfriend and ex-best friend. A friend suggested I post this here. This happened a couple of years ago. I, 28-year-old female, was dating Max, 29-year-old male, for five years. We were full-on together. We lived together, shared finances, had two dogs, etc. My best friend Amy, 28-year-old female, lived 10 minutes away, so we were always with each other. We were pretty much the three musketeers. One day, I'm scrolling on Instagram, and I see my boyfriend in the background of a picture posted to our local bar's page. He was supposed to be at work, and I'd never been given a reason not to trust him, so I figured it was an older picture, as we go there a couple times a month. But when we got home, he was wearing the same blue button-up and jeans. I had a horrible feeling in my stomach, but I didn't say anything. That night, I went through his phone. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't care. We've always shared passwords and have never had an issue with using each other's phones. When I checked his messages, I saw a chain with someone named Jack. We didn't know a Jack, so I read through them and my heart just freaking breaks. I've known my best friend since we were in diapers. I know how she texts, but I checked the number just to be sure. And yep, they were talking behind my back. Not just talking though, there were pictures and mentions of sexual acts that had happened. I spent the night crying and sending myself all of the screenshots and everything I could. By morning, I realized that I can't just confront them, I need to prepare. So I set out to put money aside. I tell them our fridge is broken so I'm using some of our savings to fix it. We need a plumber for this or a handyman for that. All lies, but I needed a reason to pull money out of the account we both had access to. It took me two months, but I was able to pull out enough to put a deposit and pay a couple of months in advance on a new apartment that I found that was closer to work and pet friendly. I was able to slowly move stuff there while he was at work. I told him I was doing some spring cleaning to clear out the clutter. In the meantime, I screwed with their heads. I'd mentioned things about each other that would cause drama, like telling Max that Amy talked about a cute guy from work or telling Amy that Max mentioned marriage and kids with me. She's infertile due to a childhood illness. The day before I was leaving, I set my plan into motion. I knew where my best friend went for lunch most days of the week, so I watched and waited. When she arrived, I went in and pretended I didn't want to throttle her for breaking my trust and my heart. We sat down and chatted and I slyly mentioned hooking up with Max. In their messages, she told him that she didn't want him to sleep with me, 
Apparently, she'd become quite possessive of my boyfriend. I made comments about how sore I was because we did it rough, just like I like it. How good he was orally, you name it, I mentioned it. Her face got redder and redder and it was amazing to watch. I'd seen her react that way before, but I never realized why. She would always insist on watching late night movies with us or ask to sleep on our couch instead of going home and be mad when I had to say no, I want to have privacy with my boyfriend. I just thought she was lonely or a little clingy, but I never would have imagined she didn't want to leave because she wanted to make sure we weren't hooking up. Later that day, I go home and once again pretend that everything is normal, but I sit down on the couch with him and snuggle up to him while he watches TV. After about 20 minutes, I straddle him and ask him how his day was and blah blah blah. Then I bring up that I ran into Amy at lunch and you'll never guess who she was with. I told them how Amy was with Dave, her real life coworker that's hung out with us multiple times, and how it's so cute that they're dating now. When I say he froze, I don't think he even breathed. He just sort of muttered, I didn't know she was seeing someone. So I tell them all about how I caught them kissing and after Dave left to go back to work, Amy told me all about their amazing sex life. And of course, I had to add in there that Dave was the first guy to give her a real O and how she's always had to fake it with guys before. I've never seen him look so dejected before. That night I asked we do a phone free night, which we would do often so that we could be in our own bubble. I could tell that he was a little hesitant, but he turned his phone off and put it in the basket we used for it. We watched a movie and cuddled on the couch and he stayed as stiff as a board for the majority of it before he relaxed enough to fall asleep on the couch. Once he was out, I grabbed his work phone and sent out a contact list wide email about how I may be in a bad mood for the next couple of weeks because my mistress gave me the clap. Then I changed the passcode on it and turned it off. I knew that he wouldn't turn it on until he got to his work site that was 40 minutes away. As soon as he was out the door, I immediately packed my bags, important papers, and the dogs, and left. I also unscrewed most light bulbs, took the batteries out of the remote, took the router plug so he wouldn't have Wi-Fi, and cranked the AC up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. When I got to my new place, I sent her a text asking how my you-know-what tastes and then blocked them both. Then I posted screenshots to my Facebook and let everyone know what horrible people they were. I love the composed strategy that OP dove into here. Instead of blowing up or doing something rash or nuclear, that was probably just too easy. I love the idea that these two people were secretly clingy and close and OP could use their unknowing innocent role to totally create some fractures in that. Our next story is, oh, you're going to call the cops because one-fifth of my car is past the no parking sign? Guess I'm going to park there every day now. I usually park in my boyfriend's driveway, but one day he washed his car, so his car was in the center of the driveway. I parked a few houses down in front of a hedge, not close to a mailbox or driveway. I didn't see the no parking sign till the next morning. I knew when I saw the ticket that someone had to have called it in because it's far into a big suburban neighborhood on a Tuesday at the end of a cul-de-sac. Cops aren't just strolling around. Then I read the ticket and the cop was like, hey, someone sent videos and pics. I had to ticket you. Like what the freak, who cares? I'm not in front of a driveway or mailbox. The back fifth of my car was past the sign. 
So I knew which house called it in because I've been watching and they normally park their truck there. Well, I also learned I get off work about 30 minutes before. So now I park my car there and make sure it's in front of the sign every time I come over. The last time I parked there, the lady was blowing leaves in her driveway and looked livid. She made weird scoffing noises and just stood there while not a leaf blowing, and I faked a phone call because I was uncomfortable. Like I would have never have parked there again. I always have a spot in my boyfriend's driveway, but you had to call the cops on me. I would just say be careful about continuing to park in a space where you did get ticketed before in the past. Because if they take pictures and they keep documenting that you keep parking in a place where you're not supposed to, I mean the cops already did one light action that they didn't have to do, who knows if OP might pick up an additional fine. Our next story is, I think we're better as friends. In high school, I had a massive crush on this guy who was in a few of my classes. We went out on an amazing date, in my opinion, and he expressed that he was really into me. Fast forward a few days post-date and I got a... I think we're better off as friends text out of nowhere from him. I was crushed and then I was even more hurt when two days later he became official with another girl. Fast forward 10 years and we're both adults living in the same city. We reconnected over social media and arranged a time to hang out. He's still really cute. We went on a few dates and then I realized he's just a jerk. Kind of rude, talked down to me constantly was comparing me to other girls got it bro i could tell he was into me and wanted to take things further we'd only kissed not fully hooked up yet but he was hinting towards sleepovers etc i knew i needed to end it and wanted to give him a taste of his own medicine so i hit him with the i think we're better off as friends deja vu jerk i at least had the decency to call him to let him down It's been like six years and I haven't heard a peep from him since that day. Oh well. People in general like this just don't really deserve your time. Unless they make you happy, they're probably better off not even as friends. Our next story is my mom's super petty revenge. Many years ago, my mom, sister and I were at my aunt's house, whom was hosting Thanksgiving. When it was time to leave, my mom got the aluminum foil out to start wrapping her dish and my uncle complained that she was using way too much for just one dish. She argued back that she was using what the dish would need to be wrapped safe and securely. He tells her if it were her foil, she wouldn't be using that much. So now, for the past 17 years, if they host Thanksgiving, my mom always brings her own roll of foil and makes eye contact with my uncle as she wraps her things. She will never let it go. When you can get 200 feet of aluminum foil for 15 bucks, probably cheaper in some places, you probably don't need to be too stingy unless you're really on a budget. Like I get it if it's just not an option to go a little carefree with your aluminum foil, but if you're well enough off that not only are you celebrating Thanksgiving but you have leftovers and extras to take back with you, probably don't need to be too concerned about using a little more aluminum foil than average. Our next story is, my dad's kicking me out, I'm leaving a gift. His long distance girlfriend is moving in in December, from overseas, and because my father's a liar, she falsely believes that my room was used by his ex, and that she had since moved out. The truth is that they were... 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sharing his bed until last week while I lived in the other room. And so, to keep up the ruse, he told me yesterday that I had two weeks to clear out my room, take my belongings, and leave no trace of my existence behind in the apartment. His girlfriend is apparently a clean freak, and my dad is desperate to make a good impression, hence me getting kicked out. So, right before I leave, there's going to be an accidental spill of tuna juice on the living room rug and there will be honey and sugar in inconspicuous corners. I think the ants will love it. Hopefully the tuna juice will go bad and make the whole place slowly stink over the course of several weeks for no reason. And hopefully my dad will be embarrassed and miserable. I mean, let's be real here, the real revenge, considering you're getting kicked out and you're leaving anyways and you very clearly feel a certain way about your own dad, The best revenge would be to just tell his new girlfriend the truth about what he was doing in his bed just the last week. Why does OP not only have to deal with getting kicked out, but why does the dad get to enjoy and hang out with their new girlfriend that they've been cheating on the entire time? This next story is, don't want me to drive your car? That's fine, I never will. So I, 25 year old female, and my husband, 26 year old male, bought a brand new car 5 years ago. It was for my husband, but I contributed half of the funds for it and were joint owners. On the day we picked it up from the dealership, my husband was so excited. I asked if I could drive it, and he said no. At the time, I just figured it was because he was excited to have a car that was only his. So I didn't think too much of it. That afternoon, we went to my sister's house to show her and my brother-in-law the car. We pulled up and they were saying how nice it was and that it must drive like a dream. My sister sat in the driver's seat and put her hand out expectantly. My husband, without a second thought, placed the keys in her hand and didn't say a word as she drove off with her partner in the front seat. I watched them pull away in shock and simply said, are you kidding me? And I saw the moment of realization on my husband's face as he realized what he had just done. I was so pissed off and a little hurt that I wouldn't listen as he apologized and swore that he just wasn't thinking. I said it was fine. If he was so against me driving the car, but no issues with anyone else driving it, I would just never drive it. Five years later, and my petty self still hasn't let it go. He wants to have a couple of drinks and have me drive his car home since we brought it out? Nope. Sorry, I can't drive your car. Wanna go on an interstate trip and share the driving? We better take my car since I can't drive yours. My husband just accepted this at this point and it's more of an inside joke between us, but it recently came up again because we were babysitting my nephew, and I asked my husband if he could switch the car seat from his car to mine, 
and my sister suggested that I just take his car because it already had the seat. I said that wouldn't work because I'm not allowed to drive his car. She said, oh my god, you're still not over that? No, Sarah, apparently I'm not. This is a level of petty that I aspire to be but could never hold up to. Something like that could totally upset me and I would full on go, okay, well I'm never going to blah blah blah. But I am 100% that kind of person that give me a day or two and I'll just move past it regardless. Every time when I was a kid, if I got into a fight with a sibling, give it a day or so and it was like the reset button was pressed. Our next story is teaching teenagers a lesson. This just happened tonight. After picking up a few things at my local Kohl's supermarket, I put everything in my car and returned the trolley to the trolley bay. As I was doing this, I was watching a teenage driver trying to drive into the parking spot beside me. He went in and out several times trying to straighten. As I was facing one way and he was facing the other way, our driver's side doors were close to each other. When I got back to the car, he said, it'll take me a few minutes to get out of my car. I said, all good, I can wait. After he and his friends got out of the car, he yelled out, I could make you wait a lot longer, witch. Stunned, because I hadn't done anything to deserve this, I waited until he went into the coals, and then I shook my Pepsi Max bottle so hard, let loose the lid, and dropped it into his open back window. I'm as befuddled as OP is in this situation. They were being kind. They were going to let the people get out and go off into the store. And for some reason, they get treated with some irate response like OP did something personal. Like as if when they said it'll take a minute to get out of the car, OP like flipped them off or something. Hope they enjoy Pepsi Max. Our next story is my stepdad's left slippers. I was nine and my first and only baseball season had ended without a single win. Dejected, I stood contemplating and fingering the deep brown leather lace of my glove, staring at the large wooded patch of thorn bushes and undergrowth that divided our property from the neighbor's unused pasture. I threw the glove to the ground, kicked it, picked it up, threw it down again, then in a rage, screw baseball. I sent the glove flying end over end into the thicket and it disappeared with a crackle of branches and a soft thud. Surely, it was gone forever. I was 12 and 7th grade was hard enough without my insane mother rifling through my bedroom, absolutely convinced I was on drugs over a D in math. After a few hours, she took a break to pour another glass of Costco wine. Seeing my only opportunity, I managed to smuggle my adult stash of magazines and VHS tapes past her and outside, away from prying eyes. Here's your drugs, witch, I smirked to myself as I tossed the sack of TNA end over end into the oblivion bush. There was no way she would find them. They were gone forever. I was 14 and my hypocrite weasel of a stepfather had once again grounded me for mouthing off. Really, it was because I'd opened our dusty copy of the Bible and a Polaroid of his mistress dressed in nothing but a Santa hat came tumbling out of my mom's feet. The jerk needed an excuse, I guess. Anyway, while they were busy screaming and spitting and breaking wedding pictures and having their bi-weekly slapping match, I was locked in my room watching a documentary on the History Channel about psychological warfare. Cheated my mom? Ground me? Screw you. I stood once again in front of the black hole thicket and remorselessly hurled his left slipper into it. Let me tell you from that point forward, his left slipper went missing a lot. 
And let me tell you that he blamed the dog a lot. Sorry, Wags. Eat crap, Pat. I was 16 and homecoming had been a disaster. So there, in the rain, in my suit and bow tie, I dramatically threw my newly ex-girlfriend's corsage and my handful of expired wallet condoms into the void. Gone forever, just like that relationship. I was 18 the summer after graduation, and with the parents on vacation, I seized the opportunity to have a gigantic party. Everyone was there. Everyone was drunk or high, and everyone threw their bottles into the bush because, you know, evidence. The night went off without a hitch, and the parents were none the wiser. I moved, went to college, got married, we had a son. I was 34 when I moved home with my family to rent my childhood home and help out my mom with the house repairs and the massive mess of yard work the previous renters had left. Wouldn't you know it, cleaning out that thicket was on the list. This last summer, I was 38 when my 8-year-old son walked up to me, rotting slipper and baseball glove in hand. What's this? I found it on Trash Hill, he asked. Oh, son, that's just a pile of your dad's petty childhood revenge, I said, cracking a beer. I'll give you five bucks to clean all that crap up and not tell grandma. Deal. Best five bucks I ever spent. Well, hopefully as OP grew up, things got better for them. It's kind of funny because in a way, I feel like I can almost relate to the story, but not exactly. You just think about all the times that you've tossed some childhood item in some far unreachable spot that down the road, even if it's just a few years later, you finally start cleaning up. In my childhood home, there was a closet for the AC unit, and at some point, some toys got tossed down underneath in the dusty depths of that room. When we moved out of that home, we recovered some of those toys from down there. We found some toys buried in the sand just out the back door. I was still a kid then, but it was a crazy reunion time where toys that had been gone for years started re-entering my life. Our next story is, enjoy your dinner. Way back in the mid-1980s in Australia, my dad would stop at the local pub or squash court for a beer before coming home. Mum, my younger sister, and I would be at the dinner table eating dinner. If dad was late, he would call home and ask mum to put his dinner in the oven so he could reheat it when he got home. He didn't do this very often, and the pub and squash courts were literally up the road from us, about three doors up and across the street. So one summer evening, us girls were just about to eat dinner at our usual time, which dad was aware of. His work was over our back fence at a dairy co-op. He rang from the pub and said he'll be a little late and to put his dinner in the oven and reheat it. He was on his way. Mom was a little annoyed as his squash and beer stops had increased a little this week. Her reply on the phone was, yes, I'll do that, and hung up. As I said, we were in Australia, so we get very warm and humid summers. Mom had placed his dinner in the oven and reheated it like he asked. Dad came home and said hello and then headed off to the kitchen to get his dinner. It was ruined. Dad didn't know we had cold cuts and salad for dinner that night. Well, I guess next time they know to ask what they're having. To be fair, this story sounds like what you experience after 20 years of marriage. You're just comfortable enough where you've had enough of the person and you want to spend some time away, but also still more than committed enough to be up in arms about it. This next story is, won't give back power cables for my computer? Uno reverse for you, dad. This happened a long time ago when I was a teenager back then. 
I had a computer that I used to play games on for one hour a day, that was the rule in our house. Every time exams approached, my father used to take out the power cables from the computer and hide them. This one time he did the same and exams passed. I scored straight A's. Pretty good score if I say so myself. He also seemed happy. So when the time came for me to ask for the power cables, he didn't give them back. I don't know why. A couple of days later, I got really angry. I was an angry teenager and decided to get back at him. I went to his computer, opened up the case, and disconnected the 24-pin cable on the motherboard. That evening, when he came back from work, he couldn't turn the computer on. He called me and my sister because, in his mind, we were more tech-savvy than he is. For a while, I watched him fiddle around with the computer. After some time, my heart melted seeing him distressed. He's the best dad in the whole world. So I suggested to open up the case in case something's burned. So we opened up the case and I waited for him to see the disconnected 24 pin. He didn't notice it. So I pointed it out saying, is this supposed to be like this? He said no and plugged it back in and the computer starts. I've never told him that I did that, but I think he figured it out because he gave me my power cable the next day. This revenge was so petty that even I could not see it through. That was a revenge with a conscience. One of those times where like, you can get revenge, but you know you kind of deserved what you're going through, or at least you especially did after you got your revenge. That said, our final story of the day is, deaf coworker isn't the problem, you are. Another tale from my 45 plus years of working. So I was working in an office that was part of an agency that's sole purpose was support of disabled persons. My supervisor P was a nasty, jealous jerk. One coworker, E, and another office was deaf, from 16 years old, so her speech was very normal. And while she had cochlear implants, she still had to do a lot of lip reading. My supervisor P was fully aware of this. P's boss also made his opinion of E well known which made P jealous. Previously, I'd overheard P telling others that E was a racist snob since she didn't always acknowledge hellos. E was white and P and others were black. I butted in to say, no, she can't hear you if you speak from behind her or don't also catch her attention so she can lip read. So one day, P leaves a voice message for E, which E returns, but says she didn't catch everything so she needed it repeated. P always uses the speakerphone, despite my desk being only 4 feet from her and I could hear everything. Anyway, the call ends, P hangs up, and then explodes. She's ranting about E being too stupid and entitled to even pay attention to a voice message. I remind P that she's deaf and voicemail can be problematic, as she can't lip read to supplement. P says E shouldn't work if she can't hear. I lose it. I scream, she is great at her job and this agency exists for the disabled for freak's sakes. P says nothing, probably because I'd never even raised my voice or cursed in the office before. So my petty revenge, I researched our archaic phone sets and covertly reset P's at the lowest volume possible. She was stupid and lazy, meaning she never figured out what I did or the volume setting issue. She was so well-liked that no one would help her figure it out either. I told her she must be becoming hard of hearing. It would be hilarious if P was sitting there like freaking out 
worrying if there was some kind of karmatic justice being exacted upon them. Like, what if because I was so rude to them, I'm starting to lose it too? I'd say it's pretty harmless and deserved. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear an absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 